0: John chapter 5 verses 1 through 9, sermons titled, Do You Want to Be Healed? You want to be healed, Daniel? Part 1, part 1. We've been continuing this series, The Red Letters of John, as we're focusing in on what Jesus, by red letters, the red letters that are are attributed to Jesus uh, in your old red letter edition of the Bible. It's helpful, I think. And um, we're just focusing on those red letters to, to hopefully understand the way of Christ. What Christ said, what he taught, how he lived. And that is the way. That is the way. Jesus represents the ideal human being. And so if you want to know what it means to be human... We look at these red letters. We listen to them. We follow them. We are healed by them. So John chapter five, verses one through nine. Please follow along as I read. After these things, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, there is a pool, which in Hebrew is called Bethesda, having five porticos. In these porticos lay a multitude of those who were sick, blind, limping, or paralyzed. Now, stop there for a minute. The parentheses are because that part in the parentheses um, it was probably added later. Most, most, of, most of this is not in the early manuscripts, um, but it's still good background information. Um, but that's, if you're wondering, that's what the parentheses is for. These people were waiting for the moving of the waters, for an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool And stirred up the water. Whoever then first, after the stirring up of the water, stepped in was made well from whatever disease they were afflicted with. Now, a man was there who had been ill for 38 years. Jesus, upon seeing this man lying there and knowing that he had already been in that condition for a long time, said to him, Do you want to be whole? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Arise, take up your pallet and walk. Immediately the man became well and picked up his pallet on that day. The word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I confess I need to be healed. Every day, the best we can do is pick one of two paths, either the healing path or the harmful path. I pray that my friends, no matter who we are, no matter where we come from, no matter why we're here even, I, I pray this one simple prayer, that we would become aware that we need healing. Maybe we already know that, and so I pray that we would receive the healing that you come to give, Jesus. Amen. So, um, you may have heard me talk about how the name House of Mercy in part comes from this passage. We're going to spend the next two weeks in this passage, and you may be asking yourself, where does it say House of Mercy? Well, the, this label, this name Bethesda in Hebrew has a symbolic meaning of House of Mercy. And I think... That that's what the church is meant to be, is a place of healing. Yes, um, a place of healing. Or I don't I don't know what 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 the other purpose of church is. Um, I've been talking with with uh, Shelley Baker, our new director for communications, and you know she has a background in marketing and and she's she's trying to wrap her mind around church and stuff like that, and she's like like. What are y'all selling? Like, we're kind of having this marketing conversation and I'm thinking, I'm like, well, we're we're not selling ourselves. Here's what we're selling. We are selling your healing and your transformation. But do you want it? (laughs) Jesus is asking us today, do you want to be whole, to be healed? Because not everybody recognizes their need for healing. And at that point, there's really no need to go to church, in my view, because church, and therefore a house of mercy, is is meant to be like this pool called Bethesda, where scores of people, a sea of people show up. The scene is, it's right in the middle of Jerusalem, and and this is actually one of those... um, Places, the archaeologists are convinced, there's unanimity around this, consensus that they know exactly where this pool was. They've uncovered it. You can go there today. It's right in the middle of the city. But back in Jesus' day, there would have been like a sea of people, you heard it, all very aware of their need for healing. And they, therefore, would come to this pool because this pool, there was something mystical that happened at this pool, I really believe. Um, And not only Jewish people, the kind of the religious establishment there in Jerusalem came to this pool, but the so-called pagans, uh, those who didn't worship the God of the Bible, would come because this pool indiscriminately had healing, whether you believed or not. People would show up and, you know, people like scholars try to figure out what was going on. Maybe there was some sort of like spring underneath the pool that that occasionally, yes, something miraculous happened when it would begin to stir and people would then place their bodies into this pool. They would experience actual healing. So all these people knew very well, they were keenly aware that they needed healing and so they were at this pool to receive it. And friends, that is church. It's the house of mercy. It's the pool of Bethesda. It's where we come to find healing, to experience healing. Now, you may not have some sort of physical malady yet (laughs) or lately, but there's a deeper healing that we all need that is even beneath all of that. But it's true, not everybody's aware that they need healing, especially religious people oftentimes. But I think that's what the church is for. That's the only way I can wrap my mind around church. It's why I come. And that's what we're selling, is not ourselves, but your healing and your transformation because the healer of the nations, Jesus the Christ, has come. The main thing that I hope we take away, if we don't take away anything else, is simply this. What it means to be human is we need healing. No matter who you are, if you're a human being, in fact, if you are just a living thing, you need healing. If, if maybe, maybe you're an inanimate object, all of it, all of creation actually needs healing. I know that you need healing as human beings. That's what it means, I believe, to be human now. And as I heard Richard Rohr on the way in to downtown tonight say, um, "God shows that God loves people by becoming one of them in order to heal us." There's the Incarnation. Of Jesus the Christ the healer of the nations he's a doctor not a lawyer we'll look at that um, and also we don't have to go to Jerusalem to the pool of Bethesda because the Christ comes to us in fact indwells us through the power of the Holy Spirit the very source of all the miracles the very source of life dwells within and there's the good news. This is what Jesus, once again, is, I think, trying to convince us. This is one of the main teachings. Just like the, the last story that we looked at, remember there was that Roman centurion who saw Jesus or heard about Jesus turning uh, water into wine in Galilee. And so when Jesus came back to Galilee, he's desperate. He, he's aware of that there's a need for healing. And that's all that is required. <laughs> So he, he comes to Jesus because he knows Jesus can, like, maybe heal, maybe even resurrect his son who perhaps the, has, has already died. And so he comes to Jesus, and, and Jesus first gives a little bit of a, a rebuke to the people there and says, if you, unless you people see signs and wonders, you won't believe. And Jesus is trying to convince the people there that um, all you have to do is take my word. That's it. You don't need a miraculous sign. Just believe. And we talked about faith in, um, last Sunday. Well, this is another story where you don't need the miraculous sign. You just, we just need to take Jesus at his word. In that previous story, Jesus heals the boy anyway. <laughs> just, he makes that point, and then he heals him. Here, he comes to this man who, even after healing him, the man has no idea who this guy is, Jesus. Doesn't matter. Jesus is indiscriminate. He has universal health care for everyone, and it's absolutely free. He's doling out the medicine of mercy to anybody that wants it. Do you you want it? Do, Do we realize that we need it? We have the source of all miracles, the very source of life, who comes to us. This is also the good news of the gospel. We don't go to God God comes to us. In fact, God becomes one of us, as it were, and dwells us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Friends, you have, Kim is right, and she learned um, uh, during her, if you didn't catch her joke, um, the gated community is, is, a, is incarceration, so, um, which is really funny. Um, but sometimes it takes, well, getting to that point of desperation again for you to see reality The reality, not only that you need healing, but that you have all you need right here inside. Jesus, the Christ, that's what's important about that title, the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, he dwells within. God loves you so much that God dwells within you, becomes one of us. This is the majesty and the beauty of the gospel. Secondly, this healing that takes place both for this individual that's at the pool of Bethesda and also for for you and me is an embodied experience. It's not just a declaration that we like or a doctrinal statement that we believe. It is meant to transform us. We're meant to experience this healing from the inside out that affects body and soul. The body may be slower coming around, but it will happen. The healing, though, though, that we need the most, and I think this miraculous sign points to this. If Jesus can heal this man, just tell him to get up and walk, and he hasn't walked in 30-something years, he can definitely heal whatever is aching you in here. And that is actually the, the healing that we need the most. W- what is it that hurts? What, what What is it that is um, aching inside of you? What do you need? Jesus shows up to give you the healing, to give you what you need the most that's underneath all of the other things that we think we need. And so he does this, and this is the good news of the gospel, is it's meant to actually, we're meant to feel it, um, or we, we haven't really... Um, uh, embodied it yet. We haven't really embraced it yet. We're meant to feel and experience this deep healing within. Now, uh, first, there needs to be a, maybe a theological correction to what we think about the atonement, this this idea of the atonement, which is a reference to Jesus. And what, like the, the work of Jesus, what was it for? His life, his death on the cross, his burial and resurrection. What was all that for? Well, it And I used to think this way primarily, and this isn't isn't wrong, but it's just a very limited view of the work of Christ. It wasn't just to declare you not guilty. You see, if our main primary need is healing, we don't just need an attorney, we need a doctor. This is the second main point I want to draw out of this text. We see Jesus time and time again show up as what? The great physician. We need a doctor, not an attorney. Our greatest need is that we have <laughs> all these wounds li- from living in a fallen world that we participate in ourselves. We need a doctor who's going to give us the medicine of mercy, not an attorney who's going to, like, try a case to declare us not guilty. That That's not wrong, but it's a very limited view of the gospel. It's much bigger than that. we got to get to the point where we realize I need healing more than the declaration of not guilty. What you don't see Jesus do in the gospels is, like, come up to, like, this man who's got a felt need – and say, <clears throat> I declare you not guilty, and I have a great life, and just, you know, leave him there for another 36 years. You don't, you don't see Jesus coming up to people who have real physical maladies, uh, like the demoniac, um, who didn't, you don't see Jesus before, it's an amazing story, before he casts these demonic spirits into the swine. You don't see him encounter this man and just say, um, good news, uh, you're, you're not guilty. On judgment day when you die, you're not guilty. Have a great life, you know. Um, no, he actually does something about what was inflicting this man And one of the most beautiful scenes in all the Bible, I think, is when now the the village is freaking out um, because this is an amazing thing again that Jesus is doing. And they know who this individual is that calls himself or the demons call themselves Legion. And they show up and the next scene is it says the man who was naked was now clothed and in his right mind sitting at the feet of Jesus. That's called transformation. That's called healing. That's because we need a doctor, not an attorney. We need someone to come and give us the medicine of mercy and healing. We need someone to to tell us (laughs) that we are unconditionally loved and accepted and embraced by God. That's what we need. And that's what Jesus comes to give. And he doesn't even tell this man who he is. It's indiscriminate, it's unconditional, it's, it's for anyone. And this man we'll see um, next week, we'll continue the story, and he, you know, the, the religious leaders, there's a little, little signal to trouble once again with the religious as Jesus uh, heals this man on, on the Sabbath. And it says at the last verse there, on verse, at verse 9, that now this was the Sabbath. A little signal that the religious, well, that Jesus broke the law. That he broke the law. And I think he knew he was breaking the religious law, and so we'll see the religious leaders show up, yes, in a court of law, as it were, to try him. Um, but we don't need an attorney; we need a doctor. We need healing. And then they'll track this guy down and they'll say, "Do you know who who that was?" Because we're we're coming after him. He broke the law, and he'll say, "I don't know who it was," and then he'll go find out and. I'll say it's Jesus, um, and then the story will continue throughout John. And then we get to lots of red letters where we see Jesus um, talking about what really matters to those who could care less that this man was healed. You see, this is what happens when principles become more important than people. <laughs> you could care less that this guy who is lame for 36 years and now can walk... Um, you could care less about that man or that that's happened because there's a doctrine that to, to defend. to defend, And really what the ego is saying is my way needs to be defended. And so that person needs an attorney. <laughs> and so Jesus says, I didn't come, I mean, I, I, I'm, I came for those who are sick and need a physician, not for those who think they're well. Now, the reality is we all need a doctor. Not everybody is aware of it. Well, I want to look at, um, as we, as we end two quotes and to kind of reflect, actually three, the third being from Jesus. Um, And the two, the first two quotes are in your, your uh, liturgy. One is by father Richard Rohr that talks about this notion that, this salvation that the healer has has brought to us is meant to be embodied now, much more than solving a theological problem or or getting giving you your get out of hell free card when you die it 's a very limited view of the gospel it 's far more impactful than that, and he 's kind of touching on on that look look at that quote it says. Any good idea that does not engage the body, the heart, the physical world, and the people around us will tend to be more theological problem-solving and theory than any real healing of people and institutions, which ironically is about all Jesus does, <laughs> right? This is a healing that isn't just for your brain, like for the way you think. This is a healing that impacts our bodies, our hearts, the physical world around us, the people around us. It, it impacts institutions. This is what Jesus is all about. Healing, the healing of the nations, the healing of people, institutions, all of creation. And then there's this Brian Zahn quote where he's also getting it Um You know, he's he's kind of addressing some of us who maybe come from more of like a uh, reformed Presbyterian background. Who tend to just harp on, really our Bibles begin with Genesis 3 and sin. And they end at like Revelation 19 and the fall of Satan. And somehow we miss Genesis 1 and 2 and Revelation 21 and 22. Which is about all of creation being good. Reference point being made in the image of God, all of creation's very good, and all of creation will be very good again, right? Um, so he's kind of he's kind of. If that's you, it's not all of us, but if that's you, this one might hit home. Zahn says Jesus treated sin not primarily as a legal issue, but a therapeutic issue. It's not so much that I need a lawyer; I need a doctor. And Jesus is the doctor that treats sinners with the medicine of mercy. What does it mean to sin? Literally, it just means in the Greek, missing the mark. So this is the reality of what it means to be human. We lose our way. Like we miss the mark of our true self. Jesus shows up as the doctor to give us the medicine to bring us back. Back to who? Well, back to you in Christ. There's the whole arc of the gospel. So, Jesus, what's, what's good? We're at, each Sunday we're asking, what's, what's the good news as it relates to this passage? The good news that Jesus has for us today is, um, well, first he actually asked a question. Do you want to be whole? If the answer is yes, good news, the healer has come. He's giving medicine, universal health care absolutely free to absolutely anyone. All you need is need. (laughs) That's it. And I want to encourage us. Now, this is the hard part, because as I prayed, we have one of two paths every day that we can choose to walk down, all of us as human beings, the healing path or the harmful path. This is the hard part of the healing path. Jesus declares us saved. Saved. So from a place of salvation, we now need to follow the hurt in order to find heaven. That's how it works. I'm encouraging us to ask yourself, what is hurting? What is aching? What do I need? That is the path you follow to find the heaven that Jesus brings. But it's not easy because you got to look at that painful part. But listen, what, what... If you're sad, trace that down. Why am I sad? Uh, Why am I so needy here? Why am I angry? Your emotions are a barometer. Our emotions are a barometer for what we actually need. Trace that down. And I'm quoting, um, you know, I get a lot of inspiration, as many of y'all know, from songwriters. Those are the poets of my life. And John Moreland, in his song, Old Wounds, he gets it right. I think I finally understand what he mean, what he means with this line, but let us find the heaven following the hurt. Good news though is the healer has come, and he brought heaven with him right now. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for this this is a miracle that we could actually have the experience the healing where we need it most in our soul. We carry lots of wounds with us, and it, they affect our bodies. Those aches, those physical aches and pains likely are rooted in this, this ache and this pain of the soul. It doesn't take long, we don't have to live life very long before we have those wounds. We're all on that spectrum of suffering, just a matter of degree and season. We're all on the same spectrum of needing, therefore, to be healed. So would you heal us? You you ask us now, do we want to be healed? And I say, yes. Make us whole. In Jesus' name, amen.